Monday Night Raw podcast in the shadows. It's Blit doing the damn thing. WWA. It's really. Uh, start off the show last night. We're out of Cincinnati. Opened up with the chairman of the board himself. Now get on your feet while we talk about Mr. McMahon and how long he was out there. So first of all, outside of storyline, shouts to a what a 70 something year old man standing out there for what 20 something minutes almost 30 minutes uh you know delivering the promo and such like that we know uh the the situation right now with wwe and all of the uh things that they're just uh, quote-unquote problems that they're having with uh people tuning in and such like that like live so understanding that you know mr mcmahon coming out approving ratings draw to you know, be be with the crowd and have people enjoy themselves at, with the opening of Monday Night Raw. So he come out and he's, uh, you know, interrupted by Roman Reigns. We know Rome was talking about showing up on Raw. He had some unfinished business, unsettled uh, situations to take care of. I had a couple of predictions myself as to what that possibly could have meant. But again, we know that there was some form of crisis mode. So we needed to make sure that... uh. You know, everybody had a reason, especially if we were talking that, uh, you know, superstar shakeup and everything is to be a certain way and nobody's to invade another brand and no, you know, all of that stuff. But Roman is talking about, and we're not even, what, a month into the superstar shakeup and Roman talk about jumping on the new show, Badass Rebel Talk. So anyway, come on now to... Mr. McMahon, you can tell, <laughs> I don't get too much into it, you see how proud Mr. McMahon is, but, um, you know, you tell Rome, can't be here, blah, blah, it's, uh, brings out, oh, wait, this brings out another Royal Superstar, excuse me, another Smackdown Superstar, I believe him was, uh, Kofi Kingston, this brings out Daniel Bryan, uh, you know, and everybody, you know, these are all Smackdown Superstars, all just on Monday Night Raw, because, they can be you know like if roman's here why wouldn't we be and that's pretty much the logic so mr mcmahon thinks up the brilliant wild card rule and i'm not gonna sit here and knock it we're gonna see how many weeks this plays out you know this is again it's week to week we'll we'll continue building and crafting and developing the storyline until we're up to a point where we don't have to do these these type things but for right now with the ever-changing and ever-growing machine that is WWE, let's use our common sense and not use our I-want-to-be-confused meters. So, hey, if uh, if the idea is three Raw superstars are on SmackDown and three super, excuse me, SmackDown superstars are on Raw, uh, you know, that makes sense. It, it, it kind of, it shifts things up enough. It keeps things somewhat entertaining for a couple of weeks, depending on who the picks are and uh, you know, it, it it's all right. I'm not mad at it. You know, just embrace it. It's not, oh, just give, just take what you're fed with the lazy booking and all of this. No, no. It's an, it's an entertainment product. And hey, I don't, I'm not really a huge fan on filling in the blanks, but at the same exact time, man, look, it's so much with, they, they have enough on their plates with putting this all together. Sure, the time constraints are different each month or whatever but i'm not mad either way we know what the wild card rule is now we all gonna rock with it and we gonna see how it continues to develop this could be one of the best ideas that mr mcmahon has had in a while could be one of the worst nobody's perfect but 
at the same time, let's just attempt to embrace it because, again, it could be a good idea. It could lead to some really cool things. I'm already uh, hatching up some ideas with uh, Drew McIntyre going over there. And, you know, like, this, this, honestly, it could lead into a huge Survivor Series uh, storyline with, you, you know, we're on SmackDown going head-to-head competing for brand supremacy and such like that. Maybe we'll move or we'll start shifting back into the brand competitions. Maybe not. I'm just, you know, uh, what is it, spitballing at this point. Like, there's so many directions that it could go, so I'm not just going to shun it just because it was a little unorthodox. Either way, the segment's over, so we think, because this brings out the phenomenal AJ Styles. I believe Seth Rollins came. Oh, no, yeah, this brings out AJ Styles. Cut the commercial, come on back. Uh, it brings out Seth Rollins. It was just a very long segment, so pardon me if I can't, you know, give it to you in the chron- chronological order. But it was, uh, you know, it was fun to see Mr. McMahon out there. You know, it was uh, heard reference of he was playing a parody of himself. He wasn't necessarily being Mr. McMahon. He was Vince McMahon acting like Mr. McMahon. And, you know, it, it, I'm looking at these people meshing. You know, I'm looking at the promo skills and the chemistry after a while. Like, these guys aren't necessarily in the ring all the time, but there was so many promos cut. And this was a ma- really a master class in how to cut a promo. So, everybody did their thing. Drew had a great promo. Drew did his thing, came out, coming to save Raw, you know, from all of these SmackDown intruders. AJ and Seth are going to have their matchup, and we already felt the tension, but they needed to tag up. They weren't going to compete against each other because that was the tease. But they end up tagging up against Bobby Lashley and Cincinnati's favorite son, Baron Corbin. So tag match, hard hitting, you know, not too, too brutal, not crazy long, but a good tag team match. Uh, You know, it's the the dissension. First of all, AJ and Seth, excellent, excellent performances take nothing away from Bobby Lashley and Corbin. Corbin, from the day, not even 10 minutes in the match, you see him just being on top of his game, and just you can just see how fast he is and how strong he is. He has great spots with just the just the moves that he utilizes. Anything in his moveset is just fun. It's good to see his in-ring work. So, that's that. And Corbin, I mean, excuse me, and Lashley, man, Lashley took one of the craziest suicide dive spots I've ever seen yesterday. He landed, in my opinion, I believe it was his thighs looking at the replay, but Gravy said he might have landed on his midsection, somewhere in his stomach, abdominals region, somewhere near there. Hey, I, I'm not, like, that close to the action, so maybe I was just, you know, watching the, a little bugged out, but it doesn't matter because, all in all, the matchup, oh, man, Seth and AJ, it, it only, it's just, it's, it's mouth-watering. To know how these guys are going to be selling each other's moves. You know, y'all know I speak on the three elements of a good match or a great WWE superstar. It's how you, it's your offense, it's your defense, and then it's how good you look taking a move. Your defense would be, you know, outmaneuvering and reversing certain moves and such like that. Your offense, of course, is the way you execute the moves. And uh, how you take a move, you know, it's how well you sell it. The Rock sold the stunner better than anybody. This is a great example, you know. Even well, either way. So, a uh, great matchup. The dissension was there. You know, AJ and Seth were working together very, 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 very well until the very end, where AJ hit a phenomenal form. Really got a good one on Seth, and uh, you know, it caused the upsetness. AJ 
still teasing that heel-esque-ness. Say, you know what? I don't need to do this. And we're fighting soon anyway. I'm out of here. So he leaves. Leaves Seth to uh, figure it out for himself. And as soon as he gets up, he runs into the end of days. Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley pick up a victory. I think that's two in a row now again for Baron Corbin. Or maybe something. I think it's... I think he picked up one last week. I can't really remember right now. Go back to the last uh, podcast for the shadows and listen to that. And let me know somewhere in uh, the message boards or something like that. So um, that was a good first match. It took a while to get there, yes. But when we did get there, it was everything that we were hoping to get. If any critique, I would just say, man, the people needed uh, the in-ring action just a little bit sooner than that. It wasn't a bad opening segment at all. You know, we got the new idea of what we're doing with the wild card, just making sense of it instead of just diminishing this idea of the brand split or the superstar shakeup and, uh, you know, having superstars invade other shows that they're not supposed to be on. Instead, now we just got this wild card rule. Hey, three and three, and we might even get into another one later on, but all in all, good opening segment. All right, Sami Zayn comes out. I think we got uh, the message that there will be not too much more of this genius Sami Zayn uh, promo of the you people in the crowd don't know any better. Tried their hand at psychological entitlement. Tried their hand at the way these people complain. Sami Zayn came out and spoke on it. Like, what are y'all going to complain about this week? Like, what what don't y'all like? What what y'all going to be mad at now? And... You know, the crowd wasn't into it. They were, uh, you could start from it. You could see that the WWE Universe, you could feel it, that they're just not with it. And, you know, it's like talking to a baby sometimes. You can't, you can't use all of the English that you know because they're just not going to, they're not there yet, you know? So, uh, but we're we're getting into how that, how I picked up on that message, maybe. Uh, somebody needed to shut Sami Zayn up. We were wondering who was going to be to come on out and, you know, challenge him. And it turns out to be the monster among men, Braun Strowman. So, there's no, you know, no no more of that from Sami, we're assuming. Maybe they will fight and Sami will continue to try. We'll find out. We know that Sami Zayn wasn't really trying to, uh, what was it? He, you know, they had their match before. Long time ago when Foley was commissioner. It's a bit of continuity there. I just like how, I like, you know, I like those two uh, going at it. But Braun Strowman throws this guy in a dumpster, chases him backstage, catches up with him and tosses him in a dumpster. And then the garbage truck comes in and, you know, throws the dumpster, you know, empties out the dumpster in the back part. So Sami Zayn was tossed from a dumpster into a garbage can, took out the trash, however you want to call it. And, wow, you know, so uh, I don't want to say Mr. McMahon is calling defeat on that. It's just, uh, you know, picking and choosing your battles. You don't want to continue to uh, mentally uh, go at the WWE universe or try to insult their intelligence or whatever, so have you. This is the way I picked up on that. So, uh, whatever, we'll, we'll give it some time and... We'll see how things continue to unfold in coming weeks. Maybe Sami Zayn wants to get a measure of retribution. Jump back in the ring. We got the Lucha House Party taking on uh, three local competitors. And, you know, the Lucha House Party have been taking some 
hard L's in the past couple of weeks. I still think they're strong. I love their performance. I love their uh, camaraderie. You know, they feel like a brotherhood. And, you know, they they just got a good energy to them. And they're all super athletic. It's inspirational to see these guys out there doing their thing like that. It's really, really cool. I, I enjoy seeing them just show off. I can speak about all three of them uh, for hours in the day, you know, but um, all in all, they came out and did what they were supposed to do. So they back, well, I wouldn't say they back to looking strong, but, you know, they're looking strong and, and that was what it was all about. So shouts to the Lucha House Party. Earlier in the evening, before Roy even started, uh, Robert Rude came uh, into the building and he was asked about uh, his uh, matchup against Ricochet two weeks ago. This match, well, he and he's upset because he won. And I said this, Ricochet, uh, well, Bobby, excuse me, Robert Rude picked up the victory against Ricochet. And Ricochet was rewarded with, uh, you know, money in the bank uh, opportunity being in the main match and of course we're all ecstatic about it we all think ricochet deserves it just because he's so athletic but let's not disrespect the stash just like you got to respect the hawk and we miss Sheamus. i hope he's doing well respect the stash robert rude's mustache is a sight to behold you know to say the very least but uh he comes, you know, they got their match. They're going to see whoever wins is going to get the money in the bank spot. So Ricochet has to, you know, got to scrap it out and do his thing. And, um, pardon me, you know, there are people on the road that just don't have as much wisdom. Nasties on the road, I tell you. Nasties. Now, uh, Bobby Roode, Ricochet go at it. Uh, well, excuse me, Robert Roode and Ricochet go at it. Robert Roode picks up the victory. I mean, excuse me, Ricochet picks up the victory off the 630. Take nothing away from Bobby Roode. One of the top five spine busters in the game right now, modern day. And, uh, you know, it was a good match. I, I was hoping to see... Well, I, I'll say like this. I hope to see Robert Roode do some more things. The little heel promo he cut, excellent. Excellent heel promo uh, backstage before the show started. He's he's totally of, he just, you can feel his experience. And I like that. So, with that, uh, that was that segment. Ricochet remains in the match uh, at Money in the Bank a week from Sunday, streaming live on the WWE Network. And I just can't wait to see what else Robert Roode can do. I hope he pulls off some more coolness. Ooh, speaking of nasties. Next up, well, there was a segment backstage where uh, please. There was a segment backstage where the ladies were all in the locker room. We had a Trent, well, we had, excuse me, Naomi, we had Natalia, and they there were some nice little folded envelopes on top of their uh, little locker area, and it's like, well, what? And it turns out that Lacey Evans invited uh, these women ringside to 
her matchup against a local competition. I believe her name was Ali Katrina. That was what it said on the uh, WWE website. But uh, Lacey Evans took on that local competition, invited the, uh, the ladies backstage. It was hilarious. Scented envelopes, beautiful invitations, uh, greetings and salutations. You know, just, just, just respect. But, um, you know, she has the match with the local competition, completely demolishes her, uh, and gets on the microphone and tells them girls that she's Lacey Evans in so many words. And this is exactly what they can expect, but they got to turn in the ladies first. And they couldn't, and blah, blah, Becky Lynch. So she called out Becky again, and how Becky's going to come up short, and the same thing would happen with those ladies, and, you know, this brings out the man, uh, Becky Lynch, Becky two belts. So Becky come on out and man, they just uh, start fighting. Uh, Becky was about to get the disarmor in and Lacey was able to get out of the ring, but Becky was standing tall by the end of it all. So shouts to Becky, that was a good look, good segment, a fun, fun little moment of match from uh, Lacey Evans. I'm really, really enjoying Lacey Evans, but I'm one of the realer ones because I've been enjoying Lacey Evans from day one. Everyone else is just now starting to say, you know, I kind of like Lacey. Like, all right, all right, thank you. Thank you for just getting here to the party. Uh, late pass, please, you know, but, um, you know, all in all, good, good segment, good spot. I'm not mad at none of it. And I know Dana Brooke was out there too, right? Looking excellent. And, and a bunch of other women superstars. All the women superstars that are going to be in the Money in the Bank women's ladder match. But we got to throw Dana Brooke in there because, damn it, Dana Brooke needs her chance. And she might win. And I'm going to go this far too because I do love Dana Brooke, you know. And somebody else that I do have a fair affection for in the WWE uh, as far as superstars go would be Sasha Banks. Rumor has it that this is the spot that, uh, you know, uh, Sasha Banks had and in some senses maybe squandered. So now Dana Brooke has been selected to uh, receive this opportunity at, you know, maybe becoming uh, money in, well, Miss Money in the Bank and a potential uh, WWE Women's Champion, which, you know, could be something. We, we don't know, you know, like, you know, when you're waiting online for a long time and then somebody online just gets off in front of you and it's like, oh, well, I guess this is my spot now then. That's exactly what happened. So, like I said, Dana Brooke was waiting online and this is what that patience gets to, you know, so shouts to Dana Brooke. I know for a fact that she's going to take full advantage of that opportunity. I know it and I feel it and I feel very good in saying that because she is capable and she's improved she's progressed and we're just gonna see what we get a week from sunday at money in the bank streaming live on the wwe network viking raiders took on the tag team champions and kurt hawkins and zach Ryder. uh fair match you know, it was a couple spots, you know, where they got their offense in. But it looked like Ryder and Hawkins weren't really putting any any pain on the Viking Raiders. It didn't seem that way at all to me. It seemed like they could take their best shots. And now it's time for them to throw out this. And you could see uh, 
the little toss-up power slam move. It only works on characters that are really light. Zack Ryder is no no light man by any means. He's always in shape. Remember last year we was when he was talking about the you know just staying ready thing, and that's that was really uh, inspirational for me personally. With just you know always keeping well, that's it's a Kofi line keeping your sword sharp, iron sharp as iron. But Zack Ryder said all I could do is stay ready for if I do get an opportunity to get on TV. And in 2019, he's been showcased arguably way more than he was showcased in 2018. And he's a tag team champion now. So well, one half. So it's a uh, you know, it's definitely a good look to see him out there. He's no small man. So they got they got the, the lift on him, but they couldn't. It wasn't super duper impactful. But at the same time, it was a really, really good spot. Good match. The Viking Raiders picked up the victory with the Viking experience. And, you know, it was it was the one, two, three. So shout out to the Viking Raiders since they beat the tag team champions. One would only assume that they might be at the front of the line for a tag team championship opportunity in the coming weeks. Maybe even at Money in the Bank, but I don't know because it's looking like we got a lot of matches there already. Maybe the kickoff, and y'all know I don't disrespect the kickoff. I don't talk down on the kickoff, so maybe we could get that there. That along with uh, maybe the Cruiserweight Championship, I think, well, I got to get on 205 and, you know, see where things at right now. I just can't... uh. You don't want to say I can't remember it. Just right now in the moment, I can't recall. It's so last week, and we're in Raw and SmackDown mode right now. So, uh, you know, it's uh, all in all a good match between the two, and we're going to see if they get their tag team championship opportunity sometime soon. Maybe stretch it out. Maybe have it now. Maybe throw some other tag teams in and make it a triple threat eventually. Who knows? We'll see what happens as far as the storytelling goes. Firefly Funhouse was a lot of fun. The uh, the kids at the end with the completely dry faces, hilarious. Uh, a great touch just to get these people away from the idea that he's like you know some negative image for children or whatever. I mean, the, the segment might go dark, but with the way these cats are talking outside of storyline, just at the very end with the straight face. Uh, you know, uh, toddlers, them, I don't know, whatever they called, but uh, it was like, yeah, wow, but the big story in the that segment was Mercy the Buzzer eating Rambling Rabbit, oh man, hope uh, he's alright, but he's not, it had a huge level of cotton mouth, which was, uh, you know, you catch, maybe it was a message from Bray to catch, you know, who knows, <laughs> um, and call Mercy the Buzzer called Allie the Witch an old hag. You know, it was a, a little bit of other background noise going on on my side, so I couldn't necessarily pick up on everything that was said, but it was a really entertaining segment yet again, just with the way the voices are. And I think that Bray Wyatt was, uh, you know, speaking to the dub, like the kids with the straight faces with the WWE universe. You could see with the uh, beach balls, <laughs> you know, but that's just me in the way I decide to pick up on it. I could be completely wrong on that, but all in all, good Firefly Funhouse segment. I'm not mad at it at all.
Why? I'm uh, I'm on the ramp. Oh, oh, now I got you, bro. I understand, I understand. I hear you, bro. I'm going to park on the other side, but not because I'm in the handicap. I just don't want the thing to be blocked. My bad. I didn't understand for a split well, second. Your brake light is out on that side. That's oh, another issue. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that. <laughs> I didn't. That part I didn't know. Yes, I'm letting you know now. So yeah, stop on the right hand side. Nah, don't even talk about it. It's going to be yeah. taken care of now. You'll be like, what but, the fuck they stopping me for? That's what they gonna it's been a long rush hour morning, you know? So. We got we to gotta take all this fucking shit out of this building. Take it up there to that dumpster. That's the longest fucking That's day. crazy. They couldn't move running back here. Well, this morning... All these cars was here. Oh, yeah, well, dang. So, right. 7 o'clock, the guy came. Yeah, it would have been nice to put it right here. So, he walked way up there. Well, you see that dumpster. That's too much time. I understand. Walking. Yeah, let me get and on that side. We don't got side. no right tool. We don't got no hand trucks. <sighs> Shit, crazy. Yeah, I hear you. I'm going to get on that side right now, man. All right, but we don't want nobody's car. You know? Yeah, no worries. I got you. All right, yo, thank you. You know it, man. Uh, relax, man. Oh my goodness, are we still recording? Oopsie, thank you for listening. Uh, Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre go at it next in the WrestleMania rematch. Cool match. You want to know who's going to win? The best in the world. God damn it. Because Shane comes on out, interferes, has Elias with him. Uh, DQ beat down on Roman. And um, man, is Roman going to show up to SmackDown Live tomorrow and Make something of that, raise saying and cause problems. Who knows? But we will find out. But, um, you know, that furthers the storyline with the best in the world, Shane McMahon, Elias, and Roman Reigns. And then The Miz came on out and jumped in because they had beef. The Miz was waiting for Shane all night. This turns into a backstage brawl where uh, they had a great camera spot with uh, things going on backstage. Shane was running. It was a lot going on, but they had a bird's eye view of the fight around the limbo. Shit was too dope. It was just, you know, just really well done. Shane got out of the building. Fast forward to another moment with uh, the revival in the ring, getting ready to have a tag team match with the Good Brothers and not really going to get into too, too much of how, it, how everything uh, could be going down outside the storyline, but inside the storyline, Usi hot which is the Uso's version of Icy Hot, some kind of weird cream. Man, we know what it was. This shit is, is seeming a lot like a burial. I don't want to say if it is ain't. We hope for the best with all the superstars and the revival sold it beautifully. Oh, yes. Uh, no Way Jose was featured on WWE TV. And uh, <laughs> while he's out there partying, out comes Lars Self. And uh, completely beats him down, completely squashed, destroyed, hilarious in a way. And um, it was uh, just a, it's one of those, those, those type deals where you knew it was coming. 
and you can clearly see how, uh, you know, they feel about No Way Jose right now. Maybe eventually he'll be taken a little more serious. I'm not too crazy, crazy about the green hair, but, you know, live your truth. Uh, yeah, and enjoy yourself and have fun and such like that. But, yep, Lars Sullivan got that big win on No Way Jose, and uh, I think we're getting into the main event next up. Lars Sullivan jumped backstage while Mr. McMahon's on the line explaining to some big, important WWE official and executive uh, how the wild card rule was going to be working out and shaping up for everyone. And Lars Sullivan just walks in. And Mr. McMahon, one of the one of the most masculine men you'd ever meet, actually looked a little fearful of the freak. And I would, I guess, rightfully so in some tenses. You know, so he said four superstars. So officially, the wild card rules: four superstars can show up. On the brand, vice versa, and all that. It's fine. That works. And then we get into the main event, another WrestleMania rematch between Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan. Good matchup. Good back and forth. Good spots from both. You just watch the match go by and see just both of them do their thing. Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns, I know this is a little random, but that was actually my favorite spot of the night. It was a moment where Roman was going for the Superman punch, and Drew turned that into a spine buster. Great, great moment. Like I said, it was the move of the night. It was a great, lot of great in-ring ap- uh, action, but that was my favorite part. The ending sequence, Kofi's on, well, with Kofi and Daniel Bryan, Kofi kept getting kicked. Those straight shots, man, just accurate shots to the arm and to the you know, back and such like that. Kofi got back, body dropped over the top rope. It was a lot of crazy moments. Daniel Bryan took a direct kick to the face. And it's like, oh, man, we just just got him back. Please don't hurt this man's head. But, you know, they went at it, had their match. Kofi was able to pick up the victory. And, uh, you know, that was Monday Night Raw. Happy, happy to it all. It was a good show. I'm me personally. I'm not gonna yell. I'm, I'm not gonna not gonna complain about the show. I don't think the show was all that bad. Some people clearly are gonna feel a different way about it, and I'll be back next week to continue advocating for the WWE. Not to sound like a shill or suck up or nothing like that. I just enjoy the product a certain way. And maybe just maybe if you see it from the perspective that I'm looking at it from, you might enjoy the show a little bit better yourself. You might find it just that much more compelling. Either way, shout out to everybody that bring you the podcast each and every week. You know, Royal Club Wrestling and a bunch of other names that I just can't ramble off right now. But uh, shout out to the WWE Podcast also. Go find these cats on Anchor because these guys are giving me a fair bit of my own uh, material to run with. So, with all of these things said, I will catch you guys tonight for SmackDown Live and talk to you tomorrow about it don't worry if you listen real close in the wwe universe you open your window you'll hear me you'll hear me screaming along with the crowd but whatever right all jokes so catch y'all tomorrow man peace